Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. My name is Esteban Bailey, and I'm joined today with uh, by Ori Benatar. How are you doing, Ori? Doing really well, Esteban. Two games in in the group stage, halfway through the tournament. It's been really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I got to say, it's been uh, it's been one of the best World Cups I've ever seen, for sure. I, th- I think it's up there. I mean, the fact that we haven't had a scoreless draw yet definitely helps. The games themselves, I mean, we had a lot of great games this past weekend. We're obviously going to be going over all those. Besides just not just the scoreless draws, how unpredictable the group stages have been because you've only got six teams that are through, only a couple that are eliminated. There's a lot of crazy scenarios heading into uh, the final match day. That's true, but let's actually go over some of the weekend's games because we've had quite the variety in the kind of games we got. Uh, Let's start on Friday. We had, in the morning, Brazil versus Costa Rica. Uh, Brazil was able to win that match in the 90th minute after a Coutinho goal and a Neymar goal. Uh, Pretty tough game, pretty tough loss for the Costa Ricans, I have to say. Got to feel bad for them. Uh, They've been eliminated from the tournament because of that loss. What would you think of the match? Overall, I thought Brazil's attack looked pretty good. Getting 20 shots off to Kaylor Navas is definitely an achievement. They've gotten 40 shots in their first two games. Costa Rica's attack was very frail. I mean, with Costa Rica, age did not bring more experience. It just didn't made them look even worse. They just did not play very well this tournament. Uh, for Brazil, for me, their best player has been Felipe Coutinho. He is just such a difference maker for them, getting the winning goal in the 91st minute. And just the reaction of Neymar. That's how you want a captain to react. You didn't. You saw me and Mahith talked about you know Messi's body language before Argentina played Croatia and Messi was stressed and rubbing his head Neymar he was pumped up before the game he was ready to get a win for Brazil he scores in the 97th minute and he's crying the same way that he cried when he got Brazil their first Olympic title or when he you know they lost to Germany 7-1 so that emotion helps Brazil out a lot and it's a big win for them but Costa Rica the first CONCACAF team uh, along with uh, Panama out of this World Cup yeah, they their attack. They did not start Joel Campbell, uh, which in hindsight is probably a mistake. They had several. They should have started him. They should have started him. It seemed that uh, they did have counterattacking ability. They were able to get some balls into the box uh, against Brazil, but. It's so hard to hold Brazil for 90-plus minutes, especially when they give them six or seven minutes of stoppage time. But you got to feel bad for them. It's Clearly, there's probably going to be a coaching change with them. There were some expectations, or at least I wanted them to do very well in this tournament. But unfortunately, like most of the CONCACAF teams, except for one clear exception, uh, they struggled mightily. But uh, Brazil is probably through to the next round. They are sitting on four points. Uh, they're still in second place, or they're tied for first place with Switzerland, who do, we'll talk about a little later. But what do you think about Brazil? Do you think they're they're going to right the ship after that uh, 1-1 draw? Like, now they're good? Um, I don't know, because you could run into a scenario where Brazil plays Germany in the next round. And for me, I think Germany, that Tony Cruz goal changed the entire complexion of the tournament and could also change the entire tournament for Germany because it's going to it helps Germany out getting closer to the knockout stage. Plus, Germany could run into Brazil in the round of 16 and a revitalized, pumped up Germany after a win against Sweden might be enough to beat Brazil. So if I'm Brazil, I would change this, the front three. I would put Neymar with uh, Douglas Costa and Roberto Firmino with Coutinho in behind them. Gabriel Jesus and Willian have not impressed me in their first two matches. And Douglas Costa runs at defenders. That's something we don't see a lot with some of the favorites in this tournament. They kind of pass it around the box, try to walk it in, get the perfect opportunity. So I would like to see Firmino and Costa start for Brazil. If they start and Brazil wins convincingly against Serbia, then I would put them in the conversation. But right now, Brazil... 
you get you can't score just three goals off of 40 shots. You got to do more than that. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But also, they were playing pretty defensive teams, and maybe Jesus would play better against larger teams like uh, like Germany because he could probably uh, get them on the counterattack pretty easily. But let's move on to the second game of Friday, which was Nigeria versus Iceland. Now we don't have to talk too mo- too long about it, but uh, clearly. Finally, you could almost say Iceland were shown to have their major deficiencies. They were very slow, and they were really caught on the counterattack by Ahmed Musa and well, by Ahmed Musa and also all the fast Nigerian play, players such as Victor Moses. Um, it was a pretty fun game in the second half. Uh, Nigeria didn't have a shot on target in the first half, which was insane. But in the second half, they came out guns blazing. They were, uh, you know, they were pushing, pressing high up all the field. It was a pretty entertaining game then, but it, this changes the complexion of Group D, and a lot of Argentinian fans are really excited by the result. I think so. I think it would have been better for Argentina if they tied because now you're running into a Nigeria team that's pumped up, looked great against Iceland. Ahmed Musa with a phenomenal game. He scored Nigeria's last four World Cup goals. I thought Iheanacho and Moses played very well too. They just did well on the counter. But the moment in Group D that determines a lot of the scenarios that we're looking into for Tuesday's games is Gilfi Sigurdsson missing the penalty. I think Iceland would be in a much better position if they had lost 2-1 and not uh, and not 2-0. Because if Iceland gets that penalty, they would have a minus one goal difference instead of minus two. Iceland is still ahead of Argentina on goal difference, but that extra goal difference ahead helps them a lot because Iceland don't just need to win. They also need Argentina to not win if they want any chance of them making it into the next round. Actually, if Argentina does win, actually, never mind. Iceland needs to win, and they need Nigeria. Um, they need a... They need them to lose Ni- or to yeah, draw. They need Ni- yeah, they need Nigeria not to win. So yeah. that, that's the clear. Iceland wins. Nigeria uh, does not win. Then Iceland has a chance, and it's on goal difference. So I think that penalty Sigurdsson missed is going to cost them a lot. But yeah... You go up up against a fast team like Nigeria, they made some changes and they adapted after their loss to Croatia, something that we didn't see a lot of teams do in their second game. Nigeria played really well. Nigeria looks really, really good. I think they could beat Argentina. I also agree that I I think that having Musa, Iheanacho, Moses against an aging back line that Argentina has and how truly horrible the Argentinians looked on the break uh, when the Croatians were attacking them. I mean, it, it does seem like there's a possibility that Messi could go out in the first round. And while it may not, it, it seems a little crazy to think that. I mean, he has a terrible team behind him who there, he has a, Sampaoli has been rumored that he was going to get fired before the third game. And even though the Argentinian FA came out and said that he's not going to get fired, there's other rumors that Messi is picking the team and that uh, he's basically going to be the manager for the rest of the tournament. And it might be a short one at that. But Nigeria looks pretty good. And I think it's certainly possible that we might have a surprised that Croatia and Nigeria can go through into the round of 16, which, I mean, at that point, that, that's that's one of the biggest shocks ever in a World Cup, having Argentina lose in the first round. But I think the real, let's move on to the real game of the of Friday, which was a shock that it was an amazing game, was Serbia versus Switzerland. Uh, Serbia and Switzerland, you would imagine them, they're more defensive teams. You wouldn't expect them to have such a great match but it opened with a Mitrovic uh, header in around the ninth minute it was you know pretty strong he's a new Fulham well he's a Fulham striker he's had a bunch of chances throughout this tournament but he finally was able to put one away you thought at that point okay Serbia's just gonna you know lock it down we're gonna get a slow game whatever Switzerland came out guns a blazing though and Granit Xhaka with an unbelievable golazo that 
I, I, I've never even seen him do that for Arsenal. And he scored some good goals for Arsenal, but man, was that amazing. Uh, and then Jordan Shakiri in the final minutes of the game was able to get on, a, I believe, another Granit Xhaka long ball. And uh, he scored quite the goal. I mean, my goodness. Uh, and then he showed off, he took off his shirt and showed off the Albanian eagle as a provocative <laughs> symbol. So it's just, that was the kind of game that had, that had everything. Yeah, emotional, dramatic, and I think Switzerland is the perfect example of a team that club form doesn't always carry into international form. Shakiri and Chaka did not have very good seasons in the EPL with their respective clubs. Shakiri's probably on his way out of Stoke, and these guys perform for their, their nation. Shakiri has scored so many clutch goals for Switzerland. He had a hat-trick in 2014 against Honduras, helped them get to the round of 16 with that hat-trick, the bicycle kick in Euro 2016, and then this winner against Serbia, which puts Switzerland in a phenomenal position to advance out of Group E, much better than Serbia is, because now Switzerland is technically in second with a plus-one goal difference behind Brazil. Brazil, because Brazil has only conceded once, Switzerland has conceded twice. That's the difference between the two teams. But Switzerland in a great position to advance. I told you the Swiss team was really good, and they've been proven it. Jaka, amazing goal, top five goal in the tournament thus far. We've had a lot of great goals in this tournament. But yeah, a no. very emotional game too for Shaka because of his father's situation, him being a, a Albanian uh, Kosovo who was protesting the Yugoslavian occupation, and he was imprisoned for many years in college. So Shaka and Shakiri very driven in that game they were getting booed a lot by the serbian fans i mean that's what we want about that's what we want in the world cup we want that kind of passion that can only come from national identity and these kind of global politics but it was it was a crazy match it had some great goals you are right about switzerland i i was definitely a little i was kind of hesitant to try to back them in this world cup i didn't think they had a lot of quality uh throughout their front line which i thought was going to be a problem but clearly they you know they they have a never say die attitude even in, they they went yeah. down in the brazil game and they came back and they went down in the serbia game and they came back so switzerland is in a great position and if i were well when we get to the you know group f teams i would be very cautious about uh playing switzerland because it seems like they could maybe make a run to the quarterfinals or maybe even they could if some balls go their way even further uh but let's move yeah. on to saturday uh belgium versus tunisia let's not talk about this one that much except for one thing belgium swept aside tunisia 5-2 uh pretty entertaining game for the most part i mean the gro the goals are pretty nice but i want to talk about lukaku's injury and his replace replacement batshuayi so lukaku got uh was uh, subbed off with what seemed to be an ankle injury Roberto Martinez later confirmed that there were, might have been some ligament damage. Uh, his replacement, Michi Batshuayi, actually did score in the game, but he also missed an unbelievable amount of chances. I mean, there was a hilarious chance where he was two yards outside the goal and he skied it towards the bar. So uh, he's an interesting player. He has had some rough years at Chelsea uh, and at Dortmund. He was pretty good until he was injured, but he's likely to start against England next week in the first place decider match between Belgium and England. Uh, what did you think about, what do you think about this uh, current situation for Belgium? I think it's okay. I mean, don't play Lukaku against England. And if you rest Lukaku until the next, until the round of 16 game, they're not playing that game until, you know, it's either going to be, if they finish first, I think they would be playing maybe Monday. It'd probably be Monday or Tuesday that Belgium will be playing. So you have a, you have like a week to work on Lukaku and get him healthy. Lukaku is obviously the best striker on this team, but Batshuayi is not that bad either. Batshuayi was on pace to score nine goals in that game. And he came <laughs> on as a sub in like the 55th minute. 
No, that's Could have easily sure. had a, a triple hat trick, but Lukaku's been great. Belgium's looked really good. But again, with Belgium and England in Group G, their true colors are not going to show until the knockout stage because Panama and Tunisia are not very good. Tunisia's been not that bad. They've scored three goals against Belgium and England. Fair play. Not bad from Tunisia. Their attack has been okay. They found space against Belgium. A player named Braun scored, so a little Game of Thrones reference there. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, if you got to get Lukaku healthy, but even with Batshuayi, Belgium's in good shape. Those Group G, H, round of 16 games might be the best in the knockout stage. I think you might be right about that. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be entertaining at the least. Um, let's move on to South Korea versus Mexico. This Mexico was pretty easily able to win 2-1. Uh, Carlos Vela hit a penalty in around the 13th minute. Chicharito scored in the second half for his 50th goal for uh, country to make him the highest uh, goal scorer in Mexican history. But then Sun uh, from Tottenham was able to curl in a beautiful goal in the dying moments of the match um, to make it 2-1 and a more respectable scoreline. But Mexico, they, they basically controlled this game from beginning to end. It was pretty interesting to watch. There was no letdown. Mexico played very similarly as they did against Germany. Um, they played with a lot of quality, and I'm starting to I'm, I'm starting to believe in this Mexican team. I know South Korea is not the greatest of oppositions, but two games in a row, two solid performances, they're going to be a tough out in this tournament no matter who they play, whether that's Brazil and Group F or Switzerland in the next round. But they're likely to come in first place. They have six points right now. Uh, as long as they get a draw against Sweden in the next match, they will go through as the... Uh in first place. Now, uh, what do you think of Mexico? Do you think, are you believing more in this team or are you still have the same expectations? No, I'm believing more in them. They control Group F, which is something I did not expect. I thought Germany would win this group, you know, easy. Defending champions curse is still alive in the World Cup. But for Mexico, winning the group is big for them because if you can avoid Brazil in the round of 16, that definitely helps. But even Switzerland or Serbia is not going to be an easy win for Mexico. But this is going to be the best chance Mexico is ever going to have to be in a group with Germany and win it. And also a great chance for them to get to the quarterfinals because I cannot remember the last time Mexico actually won their World Cup group. Maybe when they hosted in 1986, but over the past, you know, five or six World Cups when they've gotten to the round of 16, they've came in second in the group. They came in second in Brazil's group in 2014. They came in second in 2010 behind Uruguay, 2006 behind Portugal, and 2002 uh, behind uh, Italy. Actually, no, I think in 2002 they won their group and they played a second-place American team, which they lost to. So Mexico finishing in first ahead of Germany and Sweden would be uh, phenomenal for their team. Chucky Lozano has been their best player, in my opinion, besides his attacking uh, talent he goes back on defense he loses the ball in the final third he goes to the other final third and gets it back so there's some great highlights of him chicharito getting his 50th uh l tree looking pretty good exciting for their fans definitely yeah we'll see in that sweden game that's going to be a real test as we saw sweden is not a team to mess around with but i mean let's let's move on to what was probably the game of the of the weekend um germany versus sweden one of the most dramatic games i've ever seen at a world cup I mean, Sweden takes the early lead. Germany's on the brink of elimination. Everything is going wrong at half by halftime. I started to genuinely believe that Germany was going to get knocked out of the World Cup. But then, of course, Marco Royce scores a pretty nice goal in the 53rd minute or something. And, of course, Tony Cruz in the final minutes of stoppage time gets curls in a beautiful free kick. Uh, I mean, one of the craziest, most beautiful goals I've ever seen at the tournament. Also because of how much drama there was in the time. I didn't even mention that there was a Jerome Boateng got a red card before that. They were basically playing with two defenders by the end of the game in order to win it. 
I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about this match. What, what did you think about, like, Germany versus Sweden? Oh, my God. It was incredible. The Tony Cruz goal. I knew the second that uh, Marco Royce was standing next to that ball. I'm like, okay, he's just going to pass it to him, lay it off. Cruz is going to curl this in, and Germany's going to win. And Germans just always win. I mean, an incredible uh, goal from Tony Cruz. The difference in that half, you know, Yogi Love probably yelled at them very, very loudly in the locker room at halftime because Germany was, once again, disorganized, not playing well. They were passing it around. Tony Cruz was practically playing center back. His pass led to Sweden's goal, Ola Toivoinen scoring that nice chip late in the first half. But the changes were they moved Cruz forward a little bit more. Jerome Boateng was going forward also. But I think the best thing that Germany did formation-wise in that second half was moving Timo Werner to the left. I thought he played really well. He was running at defenders. He's the one who got fouled that led to the free kick right outside the box. So Timo Werner on the left should be what Germany does. No Boateng for the Korea game, but I think Germany should be beating South Korea easily. South Korea is one of the worst teams in the tournament thus far, probably bottom five team in this World Cup. But what a win for Germany. What a what a goal from Tony Cruz. I mean, Tony Cruz was either going to be the villain or the hero, and he turned into the hero with that goal. But the thing that Germany also needs to work on is not depending on Tony Cruz. Every time Germany attacked, Tony Cruz touched the ball every single time. They have to go through him. You got to get Thomas Muller more involved. You got to get, uh, you know, maybe Sammy Kadira back in and get him more involved. Mesut Ozil did not play. I don't expect him to play maybe for the rest of the tournament. But that Tony Cruz goal, like I said earlier, changes the entire complexion of this World Cup. It gives Germany a chance to advance. And whichever side of the bracket Germany is in, you do not want to be on that side because Germany could just turn it around and go and win this World Cup. Because guess what? 2010, Spain lost their first game. Spain won it all. So it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I was hoping, uh, just as a neutral fan, that Germany would get eliminated just so that we could have a different world champion. However, with that amount of quality on the team and just just the true like um, there's so many world class players on that team it's it would be a shame if they were eliminated in the first round however Sweden did put up a good fight uh, if you're rooting for Mexico you are slightly worried even though it's a slightly unrealistic thing to worry about but you're slightly worried that if you lose against Sweden and Germany's able to beat South Korea by plenty of goals uh, Mexico still might fall out of the group which is insane to think after their amazing performances in the first two matches but again we'll we'll wait to see about that because we're gonna we're gonna talk about I want to talk about the preview I want to preview the week in a slightly different way but we'll get to it later but this Germany team, this is this is a very interesting team though, because like clearly they are susceptible to counterattacks. And if Sweden was slightly faster on the wings or down the middle, they probably could have scored a few more goals against Germany, even though Germany and, was yes. And if Sweden saw the man advantage and did not let Germany continue to press in the last eight to twelve minutes of that game, Sweden should not have stepped back and allowed Germany to play their game when they had a man advantage. That was crucial, crucial mistake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you clearly have to take the initiative against Germany if you're going to beat them. Mexico was unafraid, and they went for it. They knew that they can counterattack against them. Sweden thought they could. They got the goal. They thought they were just going to hold it, hold the line for the rest of the game, but it's incredibly difficult to defend for 90-plus minutes or for 80-plus minutes against the Germans. So clearly it didn't work out for the Swedes. They're probably going to get eliminated from this World Cup now because of it, but that's... That's the World Cup. It's a game of inches. Uh, but let's let's move on. Or let's go to today on Sunday. Now, first game of the day was, of course, England versus Panama. 
I have to say this. This was a truly shocking result. England won 6-1. Uh, Harry Kane scores a hat-trick that you'll probably never see uh, ever again in a World Cup with two penalty kicks and a just a, a, a flick off his heel, which, I mean, it wasn't a heel flick. It was hit by, hit by Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and it hit off Kane's uh, heel, and it went in. Uh, John Stones got two goals. Lingard had a goal of a tournament contender. Uh, truly fantastic performance by England. But I got to say, I feel like I got to I gotta pat myself on the back here. I did mention that Panama could be one of the worst teams from CONCACAF to ever come to the World Cup, and they're starting to prove me right. Yeah, they really are. Nine conceded in two games. At least they got a goal. At least they had some sort of attack in the second half. But, I mean, how many yellow cards have they had in this tournament? They had five in the first game. I think they had like four or five today also. Uh, at least two of their players that played will be missing the next match because of yellow card accumulation. I mean, you just don't see a team have two or three players miss the final group game due to yellow card accumulation from getting cards over two games. So... The Panamanian style really showed today. You can't give up two penalties against any team in a half. You yeah. give up. You can. You concede five. England fine. They look good. They're playing better, but they played Tunisia and Panama just like Belgium. We will not see this team's true colors until the round of sixteen. And the worst thing that can happen to England in the knockout stage is if a game goes to extra time, and even worse. If it goes to penalties, but at least they have a good penalty kick taker and Harry Kane because those two penalties were the best of the tournament. Oh, they were wonderfully, wonderfully taken, basically put in the same spot each time. I mean, Captain Kane, Sir Harry Kane, whatever you want to call him, he's he's a real talisman. He has five goals uh, in his name, more than Ronaldo. He might win the golden boot at this point. Of course, he's playing against weaker opposition in Tunisia and Panama, but you've got to score the goals to get in. So Harry Kane, he might be the guy to lead this England team. I like how this England team plays. I think, though, we are seeing a little bit of foreshadowing uh, with their back line now. The goal they gave up was just a mistake. It was a uh, you know sloppy defending, and also they they had switched off at that point since it was six nil. However, there were some moments in that game where England was trying to be a little too cute by playing it out the back, and a much better team than Panama. I mean, any team other than Panama would have likely taken advantage of it and maybe scored a couple goals. Um, and England's going to have to worry about that because they have a good team and they have this path to maybe do something really special at this tournament. But it does feel that. There's going to be one crucial mistake that's going to derail their entire tournament. You just hope that it doesn't happen in the round of 16 or against a team like, I don't know, Senegal or Colombia in the next round. But uh, speaking of, let's move on to Senegal and Japan, which was a surprisingly pretty entertaining game. 2-2. Mane scored in the first half. Uh, Inui, who scored for, who's uh, Japanese and he plays for Ibar, scored a beautiful curled uh, shot from within the box. Senegal was able to take the lead after the youngest African goal scorer in history, who's, uh, let me get his name. His name was uh, Musa Wagne, uh, Wage, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that. He became the youngest ever African to score at the World Cup uh, with a beautiful shot in the 71st minute. Uh, it was it was a weird angle because I thought he was going to miss it, but he actually was just put so much power through it. I thought he was going to break the net. But, of course, Kasuka Honda, Pachuca, uh, Pachuca fans will know him. AC Milan fans will know him. Fans of the World Cup will know him because he always scores for Japan for some reason. Uh, scored a pretty easy goal after some rem- shambolic Senegalese defending in the 78th minute. It was, uh, it was a fun game. Very back and forth. Pretty interesting clash in styles. Senegal was pretty physical, pretty pacey, but Jap- Japan was pretty good with their passing and their counterattacking. Uh, what did you think of the match? 
I thought it was great. I thought it was a very thrilling draw. And like we said before the tournament started, we felt that the Group H games would probably be the most entertaining, and they have lived up to that hype. The first two games were exciting 2-1 victories for Japan and Senegal each. And then this draw was great. I thought Senegal controlled most of the game in the first half. The second half, Japan owned. And these two teams run at defenders. They constantly attack. They're passing the ball forward. Japan maybe, for me, has been the most surprising team out of all the 32 based on what I expected them to do to what they are doing. Doing now either Japan or Russia but I think Japan more because Japan has played against two quality opponents in Poland and Senegal we'll talk about Poland later that's one that I definitely got wrong you were wrong about Switzerland I was way wrong about Poland <laughs> but Japan but Poland is still better than Saudi Arabia or Egypt and Japan um, well hasn't played Poland they beat Colombia my bad and I think Japan could maybe beat Poland also or get a draw but Japan's played really well. They're surprising me. Senegal's surprising me too. One of two African teams that are still alive with Nigeria. It would be it would be fun to see both of them go through. But Colombia looked really good today against Poland. Yeah, let's well let's just keep we'll we'll include the Colombia game in here because that Colombia game was a masterclass in counterattacking. James Rodriguez was bossing the pitch. He had an incredible assist for the third goal to Cuadrado. Uh, Jesus Quintero, who was not even assured of a place before the tournament had started, had an amazing he assist. Great. He was fantastic. He was uh, he was the guy really pulling the strings in that match uh, for Colombia. An amazing assist to Falcao, who finally gets a score at the World Cup after 32 years old, the greatest goal scorer in Colombian history. I mean, it wasn't a great match in terms of entertainment quality. Poland was pretty poor. Lewandowski only had a couple sniffs at goal, but he wasn't really able to finish them. And Colombia looks dangerous, and it's it's interesting what could have been if they had maybe not gotten that red car in the, in the first three minutes of their last match against Japan, because this Colombia team, man, I feel like they could play against any team in this tournament and just rip them apart with their counterattacking. I mean, Jerry Mina and Davidson Sanchez in the back were stout. They smothered Lewandowski, and they didn't let anything get through them. Mina, of course, scored a wonderful header from a Hamas chip uh, from a set piece. I mean that was a great it was a, it was a great performance by Colombia that has me really I don't know what's going to happen with that group. I mean Poland has been eliminated. They're the first European team to get eliminated from this World Cup. Um, it's slightly surprising of course. Most of us uh, thought that Poland was going to come in first place and you know go pretty easily through this group, but they had some terrible performances. What what why do you think Lewandowski cannot score? Like why can't he play as well in major tournaments as he does for Munich and for Dortmund in the past? Simple. He doesn't go after the ball. Lewandowski is the type of striker that stays in the final third and is expecting a good pass, and then he makes a chance out of that. Lewandowski didn't come back to the midfield or back into his own team's defense to go and get the ball. We've seen Messi do that. We've seen other Mane do that. We've seen other superstars do that at this tournament when their team was down or you know struggling. Lewandowski needed to do that. Because Krakowiak and those guys in the midfield were not getting him the ball. He knew he was getting smothered in the back line. If you're getting smothered and you know you're not going to do anything in the final third, try and work out of the midfield. Get your team involved a little bit more. So I felt that Lewandowski as the captain and as the best player, he should have stepped up and tried to get the ball more in the back and you know try and maybe just, just grab it from Colombia. 
Get it from their defense. Get it from their midfield. You can't just wait in there and expect Krakowiak and these other guys who have been playing terribly to just pass you the ball. You don't have Ribéry. You don't have Robin next to you. You don't have James or Thiago Alcantara passing the ball to you like you do in the Bundesliga. You got to get it. Yeah. So that was the difference for me. And Lewandowski had, has to score for this Poland team to be successful. He was the top goal scorer in qualifying. And not a very difficult, in a pretty difficult group. They had Denmark, Romania, Montenegro, Armenia. That's not an easy group for European standards when it comes to qualifying. Lewandowski barely scored for Poland in the European Championships. They just got to the quarterfinals because their defense was much, much better. But man, five goals conceded for Poland. They scored once on a gimme free kick goal by Krakowiak against uh, Senegal. Against Senegal, Poland very disappointing, but amazing that we could see 13 out of the 14 European teams make it to the round of 16. We probably won't. But at least I think eight or nine will get to the round of 16. More than 50% of the round of 16 could be European teams, just showing the dominance of UEFA. Yeah, that's for that's for sure. And you know what? That actually leads me into, uh, our, let's go to our next segment, which we're going to preview the week, but we're going to do it in a slightly different way. Now, we're not going to go through each of the games and try to make a prediction. I mean, we can talk about it, but I want to go through the group standings, and I want to talk about the teams that have qualified, and what are the scenarios for the teams that have not qualified yet. So let's start with Group A. Of course, Russia and Uruguay have qualified for the uh, round of 16. Egypt and Saudi Arabia have been eliminated. Russia and Uruguay are going to play tomorrow uh, to basically find out who will come in first. A draw uh, by Russia will let them come in first place, which would be pretty astounding considering that we a lot of us including myself thought that Russia was not even going to get out of the group Uruguay has been less than impressive uh, two one nil victories uh, surprisingly they did not try to score that much against Saudi Arabia even though there were plenty of chances and it seemed like if they had just pressed the issue just a little bit they would have dominated the match but that's Uruguay you know they just want to play defense but uh, what do you think about this Russia Uruguay match and group A as a whole I think as a whole, uh, this is the worst group of the tournament, um, and Russia's been the only team, in my opinion, that's played well. I don't think Uruguay's played well in either of their games. They're depending on Godin and Jimenez too much. That could come back to bite them if they play Portugal or Spain or even Iran in the round of 16. Uh, I thought Cavani's just having a tough World Cup. He's getting chances. He just can't find the net. He had a lot of chances against Egypt. He had a couple against Saudi Arabia. But Russia's in a unique position. I think Russia's going to go out and play for the draw. Because their goal difference is ridiculously amazing. Yep, plus, it's plus seven. seven. Yep. Yeah, that's insane. They're the best goal difference in the entire tournament. So play for a draw or try and get a one nothing win. Defend a little bit. Uh, see if you can contain Suarez. Get some practice in because Russia and Uruguay are probably going to play Portugal and Spain. You know, and who knows? Spain and Portugal could be determined by a draw of lots who comes in first or who goes through if Iran wins. Yeah, well, wait. Russia, well, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. But first, let, let me ask you, who do you think is coming in first in this group? I'll say Russia because I think the odds are in their favor. So give me Russia first, Uruguay second. I think Egypt will beat Saudi Arabia, even though Mo Salah is considering retirement from the team. So I think that's Egypt will win. That's such a but, shame. Yeah, that's really sad to see. And I think it's based on some political things. I think he took a picture with uh, the leader of Chech leader. Chechnya. Yeah. yeah. But I think Russia comes in first because of goal difference reasons, unless Uruguay comes out and plays really, really well against the Russians tomorrow. I'm going to go with an Uruguayan win. I think they're going to win one nothing, uh, And Russia's going to struggle to break down that Uruguayan defense. But you never know. I, you, you could be right about that. All right, so Group B is a much more interesting group. Uh, clearly, Morocco has been eliminated. Iran still has a chance. Portugal and Spain 
Spain are tied for first. Uh, Iran will play uh, Portugal tomorrow. Spain will play Mor uh, Morocco. Iran only needs a victory. If Iran beats Portugal, Iran will go through to the round of 16, which is insane. Uh, if Spain, Spain needs to just get a point in order to get through. Portugal just needs a point to get through. This is a very interesting group. Now, Spain struggled against uh, Iran. They barely scored. Uh, that Diego Costa goal was very lucky. And if it wasn't for VAR, Iran would have tied that game. Uh, to make it 1-1 with that amazing nutmeg of Piquet, which was the highlight of... I, I'm a Spanish fan, but I, I cannot stand Piquet, and that was a highlight of my World Cup experience. Um, this, is, this is a very interesting group, because Iran, while of course they're going to try to defend, they may feel necessary to at least try to attack and the aging backline of Portugal. What do you feel about that? You know, you're a Portuguese fan. What, how do you feel going into that Portugal-Iran match for second place or well, first place? Portugal's definitely got to improve. They did not look very good against Morocco. Morocco deserved a win or a draw in that game. They had, were attacking after Ronaldo's free kick. I mean, that whole day, the 3-1 the nothing wins for Portugal, Uruguay, and Spain just kind of proved to everybody that... Um, if you have one superstar, it can make all the difference, and Ronaldo made all the difference and helped win that game. So I think Portugal is looking really, really, you know, slightly poor. Ronaldo is just going back to get the ball a little bit, but I think Portugal and Spain will go through, and then uh, depending on the fair play points, it would determine first place because Portugal tied each other. They won their second games by the same scoreline, and if Portugal and Spain win by the same scorelines tomorrow, then uh, they could have a draw of lots or fair play points to determine first place. Yeah, I'm a little worried about Spain as well. I think they have a lot of the... Of course, their creativity in the midfield is spectacular. Diego Costa is scoring, which is good. Um, but it does seem like they're struggling to break down some teams. They struggled against Iran. I'm worried about Morocco because Morocco does have a lot of technical ability. They'll be wanting to play uh, to at least get some points in the in their World Cup experience. They have some younger players that could threaten, you know, the you know Piqué and Ramos, who are not exactly the strongest center backs uh, international level, but. I still expect a Spanish victory. I expect a Portuguese victory, to be honest with you. I think a Ronaldo goal in the 15th minute, just like he did against Morocco, will likely just end the game. I don't think Iran has the attacking talent to realistically uh, score against Portugal, but you never know. Portugal and Spain equally have this ability to just shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, they did it to each other three uh, in the first match in that 3-3 three, three, uh, draw, which was incredible still. Still probably the best match of the tournament. But, yeah, I would say, who do you, who do you have coming first, Spain or Portugal? I'll say Spain because I think Spain has a higher chance of winning big. So Spain first, Portugal second. So if that were to, that were to be the case, you would have, if we were to go by what you want or what you are predicting, Portugal would play Uruguay. Or no, Portugal would play Russia in the second round and Spain yeah. would play Uruguay. Mm. Yep. That's an interesting thing because like... Uruguay is a bad matchup for Spain because it's going to be tough to break them down. And also Suarez and Cavani could really, uh, they could get the goal in a set piece and that could be the end of Spain's tournament. Russia, Portugal, you got to be a little afraid about playing Russia. Not because they're necessarily great because we're still not sure if they're pretty good, but it's FIFA. It's the host nation. We saw with South Korea. We saw with Japan. We saw with um, Brazil. People get called, the, the host countries get calls, and Russia is a shady country. We all know this. Uh, there might be some strange calls in that in that uh, round of 16 game that could surprisingly get Russia into the quarterfinals, which I, I'm a little worried about. So I'm hoping that Spain does not play Russia. <laughs> yeah, I think Portugal matches up worse with Russia than they do with Uruguay. I think, uh, I, I think Russia has a better chance of getting to the quarterfinals than Uruguay does, just based on what we've seen. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. All right, let's move on to Group C, which is a slight... It's not as interesting. I'm a little sad. 
Uh, of course, I thought Peru was going to be really good at this tournament, and they played pretty well. They just couldn't finish to save their lives. Uh, they're out. Australia, surprisingly, still uh, have they still have a chance. They have one point. They were able to draw against Denmark. Uh, and then, of course, Denmark is in fourth. It's second with four points, and France is in first with six. France should pretty easily win the group. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to beat Denmark, even though there's apparently six changes to be made to the starting lineup, so they're going to rest some of their players. Um, what do you think about Group C? Well, France should come in first, no problem. I think they tie or beat Denmark. Denmark is in a position where they're basically going to go through. I mean, Australia needs to win. They need Denmark to lose, and then they would need to have a better goal difference. And Peru, I think, will go out with a lot of pride and try and beat the Australians, and they could very comfortably, but Australia's performed well. I mean, France and Denmark, if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I'd go France and Denmark because the odds are stacked in Denmark's favor. Eight of the possible nine combinations of results result in France and Denmark advancing. Mm, that makes sense. Although, let me ask you, who would you prefer in the round of 16, Denmark or Australia? I'd prefer Australia. They're a more interesting team. They're a better story. Gives us a little more variety in terms of uh, continental teams because we could run into a scenario where only one or zero Asian teams make it or zero or two African teams make it. And I just don't, I don't want the round of 16 to be flooded with European and South American teams because I think at least half of the round of 16. I mean, we already have six teams clinched. Five of them are European we're probably going to have at least half of the round of 16 be European, probably more than half. So it'd be nice to have something different. And Australia is an upset, so underdog. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I don't want Peru to lose, of course. I, I feel terrible for them and their fans. But if Australia, if it means that Denmark gets out of the, fir- out, of the you know, out in the first round, I think that's fine because I, I do not like this Danish team. I know Ericsson had that wonderful goal against Australia, but I hate their negative style of play, and I think that they got extremely lucky against Peru, and although Australia got lucky against Denmark in the in with that penalty uh, and the VAR decision, you know Australia was taking it to Denmark in the final minutes of that match, and it did seem that Australia was going to find a winner. Um, but yeah, it's most likely going to be France Denmark, and that's not not exciting. But you know, it, Denmark whatever. Uh, Group D. Now this one we got we're gonna have to talk a little bit about this one because this is an interesting interesting group. Let's talk a little bit about scenarios. Argentina's in last place. Uh, with one point and a minus three goal differential. Iceland has one point with a minus two goal dif- differential. Nigeria has three points with zero uh, plus minus. And then Croatia has already qualified to the round of 16, as you mentioned, with six points and a plus five goal differential. Croatia has been spectacular. You are right on the money with Croatia. They have been absolutely great in this tournament. I, I applaud you for that. Uh, but Argentina is going to play... Uh, Nigeria in the final match. Iceland will play Croatia. That's a rematch of the qualifications to the World Cup between uh, Iceland and Croatia. Argentina, in order to get to the first, in order to get to the next round, are going to have to win their match against Nigeria. That's a guarantee. They have to win. If they don't win, they're out. But even if they do win, they're going to need a Croatian victory or an Icelandic draw in order to get through. What do you think is going to happen with Argentina? I think Argentina is a big question mark. I mean, hearing the news of the potential mutiny in the camp and Messi basically being the manager and Sampaoli having no players behind him, it's a spell for a disaster and it's a spell for a loss. And Nigeria is going to go into that game saying, these guys are defeated. They have played horribly. Messi is down in the dumps. Their players hate their manager. We are going to beat these guys to the ground. And it's very possible that that's what happens. But if Messi rallies the troops, picks his head up, and says, guess what, guys? 
let's not put all this pressure on ourselves. I know the nation is, but let's just go out there, play like it's our last game, and play the way that Argentina has played for decades and decades. If that happens, Argentina, I think, will win. But right now, Messi might be in this mental rut that he can't get out of. He's stuck in this pit of despair that he can't get his team out of this group. I think Croatia and Nigeria are going to go through probably because I don't know if Messi can get out of this pit of despair that he's been stuck under since losing that World Cup final in 2014. Yeah, it's really tough. So I, I'm supporting Nigeria in this tournament. I think they they play really fun football. I love I, I love Ahmed Musa. He's in he's he never performs at club level, but he does perform on the World Cup stage. But Argentina should win, even though that they have struggled this tournament. They have been terrible. They were awful in that Croatia match. Um, Argentina should win. If they don't win, I mean, it's one of the worst debacles in Argentinian football history and maybe even World Cup history. I mean, this Argentinian team has some of the best attacking players in the world, including maybe the best player in the world and of his generation and maybe of all time in Lionel Messi. And the fact that they could not beat uh, they could not beat Iceland, and that they got so destroyed by Croatia, I mean, it, it would be quite an embarrassment. And f- frankly, I would be very happy about it. But I don't. I I want to believe in Nigeria. I think they have the pace to really terrorize the back line of Argentina. I think Masakrano would be just left in the dust by a moose, as we saw in the Iceland match. I I still it's so hard for me to even like con, like I can't even conceptualize the idea that Argentina could get out in the first round. So I'm not going to at least not yet. Uh, do you think Iceland has any chance to maybe steal that spot from Argentina? Probably not. They would have to. Well, Iceland has beaten Croatia in qualifying, but I think Croatia is on another level right now. I think they're a top five team in this tournament. I think they could make the semifinals now. Iceland is, has a tough task ahead of them. Croatia's playing really well. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see Iceland in the round of 16. It would be nice, but the only way we do see that is if they have to win and they would need probably a draw or maybe Argentina to win, and then you're looking at goal difference between Nigeria and Iceland. So they need, they need more help than Argentina does. Yeah. I mean, it's basically for Argentina. They're, they win, they're in. That's how they have to approach the match. Iceland can can approach the match in a similar manner, but it's 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 very unlikely for Iceland, which is strange to say that at this point Argentina it has a better chance than Iceland, even though Iceland has performed better than Argentina in this tournament. But uh, Group D is shaping up to be probably the most explosive day in, in the final match day of the group stage. Um, so let's move on to a slightly less interesting group, but it does have a question mark. Uh, Brazil in Group E. They're in, they're in first place with four points and plus two goal differential. Switzerland has four points with plus one. Serbia has three. Costa Rica is out. Um, what do you think is going to happen in that group? Because Switzerland beat Serbia. Switzerland is expected to beat Costa Rica. Uh, Brazil is expected to beat Serbia. Do you think it's just going to go that simple, or do you think there might be some surprises? Mm, I think it'll be simple. I think Switzerland should be able to beat Costa Rica. The only surprise is that if Brazil continue to not be able to finish their chances and have 20 shots and only score one goal, Serbia might be able to get a draw against Brazil, but nothing will help uh, Serbia unless they win. So we could see Switzerland and Serbia. I think Switzerland... Out of the three teams that are still alive in Group B, I would guarantee Switzerland to advance more than Brazil. But I still think it'll probably be Brazil and Switzerland. And Brazil, I think, will uh, possibly finish in second because I think Switzerland could score a lot of goals against Costa Rica. Uh, Kaylor Navas might just be in this mode where he's just like, I don't really care. We got to the quarterfinals 2014. Let me just take it easy. Costa Rica might play a lot of their bench guys. And Switzerland's going to be like, all right, we want to get through, finish in first. But guess what? 
Maybe finishing in first is not a good thing for Group B because you probably will have to play Germany. So who knows if Switzerland's going to go out and attack like crazy. So first place in Group B might be a curse if you're playing Germany. So we'll see. But I think Switzerland has a chance to win the group. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Brazil winning the group. I think Brazil, I think they have a release of emotions after beating Costa Rica, as we saw with Neymar crying. I also think that they're going to just, they're going to really wipe the floor with Serbia. Serbia is good defensively. They have a lot of talent on their team, as we saw uh, in those matches. But I think Brazil is going to figure it out. And I think they're going to be able to score maybe two or three goals against Serbia. Serbia is a little slow. Uh, maybe Brazil will put in Firmino in order to get more of a focal point in the attack. Douglas Costa could really run riots with Ivanovic and Kolarov if they switch flanks. I think I think Brazil is going to I think it's going to be maybe not the easiest game of the group for them, but it's definitely going to be the one where we think, oh, Brazil, they're back. They're ready to go. They're ready to go no matter what. Even if they have to play Germany in the second round, I'd still probably pick Brazil to win. Uh, but speaking of Germany, Germany is in second place in Group F with three points. Uh, they have the same plus minus as Sweden with zero. Mexico is in first with six points and a plus two goal differential. Korea is still they still have a chance. Uh, I think 538 has them at a 1% chance to make it through to the knockout stages, which is, you know, they still have a chance, I guess. Uh, they would have to beat Germany about 2 nothing and hope that Mexico beats Sweden in order to uh, make it to the next round. But you think, you think Germany is just going to, they're going to take that second spot. Do you think there's any chance that they can get first? Uh, yes, because Sweden's very good defensively and Korea is not. And... This will be the game where Germany plays, I think, with even more urgency than they did against Sweden because Germany, again, did not look very organized against Sweden either. Second half, they just kind of turned it on on those two goals. But this will be the game where Germany can see the opportunity that they can route. And I think South Korea is a team that they can score four or five goals against. It is possible. So it is possible that Germany would be able to maybe get first place on goal difference ahead of Mexico. I think the Mexico-Sweden game can either be a nil-nil or a one-nil. It's not going to be high scoring. You never get high-scoring games with Sweden. It's very unlikely. So Germany might be able to, to steal first place from Mexico, which might make things harder for Mexico, and that might make things easier for Switzerland or Brazil. So Group F is the most important group for the rest of the tournament because of where Germany could be placed. If Germany finishes in first, then you're looking at what's expected. But I think even whoever comes in second in Group E will look at the Germany game and say, this team is beatable. If Mexico can beat them, we can beat them. I think Mexico has been one of the best stories of this tournament. I hope that they can come in first place. I think it's been really heartening to see all this fan support in the United States for Mexico and that a lot of people have just been joining the bandwagon because of their brave performances against Germany and their excellent performance against Korea. I really hope they're able to at least put away Sweden, win 1-0. Maybe Raul Jimenez can score the goal from a header um, and they could just move on. But... I think, I think Germany, you're right about that. This is an incredibly important group just because that German team did not win their group. And they're going to cause real problems to whoever comes in second or in first in Group E. And from there on, that side of the bracket is going to be just, a, you know, that might be one of the worst. It'll be like in the European Championships in 2016 when uh, you had like France, Germany, Italy, uh, England, all on the same side of the bracket. And on the other side of the bracket, you had Poland, Belgium, Portugal. And that's how Portugal was able to go so far in the tournament and right. win it. So it's, it's a, certainly possible that we could get this World Cup in a similar manner especially and that would be really good for teams like Mexico it could be really good for our next topic which is England because England and Belgium are playing they're in group G they're going to decide first place currently they have the same points and the same uh, plus minus 
in goal differential. Uh, I don't mean to make it sound like basketball. I'm just plus minus is easier to say than uh, goal difference. But uh, they are going to play. I think right now England is in first place due to the fair play rules. But you know that could yeah. change with the match between England and Belgium. Of course, your match of the tournament, Tunisia Panama, will be happening at the same time. I don't yes. know. I don't know how many people are going to be watching it compared to the England Belgium game. But I salute you for it. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the England Belgium game? There might be some players that are rested. Maybe the teams don't want to come in first place. Maybe they want to maybe aim for second because they'll be in an easier side of the bracket. What do you think is going to happen? I think either a draw or a simple Belgium win. I'm expecting a nil-nil draw. I think both teams will just take it easy, start their bench players, go into the game thinking, all right, well, let's be confident going into the Group H uh, matches for the round of 16. I'm expecting a board draw. Probably that's what I'm going with. And Tunisia is going to be Panama 4 3 because both teams are going to go out with nothing to lose. And that left side of the bracket, we could have some seriously good teams. I mean, you could have Uruguay, Portugal, or Spain, France, Argentina, Brazil, Germany, Belgium, even Colombia, all on the same side of the bracket. It that's is insane. very possible that the left side of the bracket might be one of the toughest brackets just sides in World Cup history. If Argentina comes in second, if Germany comes in second, if Colombia comes in second, if England, if Belgium comes in first, Brazil comes in first, France comes in first, I mean, my God, it would be crazy. It would be really entertaining, though, so I'm kind of hoping for it. And, of course, it'll give hope to some of the most tortured fan bases in Mexico and England and Spain, even though they won the World Cup, or Portugal, where they'll actually have a clear path to the finals. And they'll they'll love their chances at this point. I mean, it'll, it'll just take one player to get hot in the knockout stages to get them through, just like Ronaldo in 2016 or any of the Greek players in 2004. I mean, we've already seen Chicharito from Mexico talk about how Mexico... Why can't why can't they be Leicester? Why can't they be Portugal? Why can't they be Greece? Like why can't they win the World Cup? And you know what? I, I'm starting to believe it. I think England should probably have a similar attitude about this. I think you're right. I think Belgium is going to win or they're going to go for a draw, but England's going to have more yellow cards because they're going to be defending more, and Belgium will come in first place. Um, and I don't mind that. I'm rooting for England. I bet I bet you uh, $100 that John Patrick is probably thinking to himself, hmm, I think I want to come in second place now. <laughs> I'd rather play Mexico in the quarterfinals than Germany. So I think I think this is interesting. It's, it's going to be an interesting day. I'll tune into the Tunisia-Panama game. I'm really hoping it's a 4-3. Or, you know what? I'm actually hoping for a 5-0 Tunisia. So I can. So my, my uh, point that Panama w- was going to be the worst team in CONCACAF history can actually come true. But... Let's let's move on to the final group and maybe the second most or most interesting group, depending on your taste. Uh, group H, the final group. Japan and Senegal are still tied for first after their draws we spoke about earlier. Colombia is in third uh, with three points. It's going to come down to the final day. Colombia is playing Senegal. Japan is playing Poland. Japan, all they need is a draw and a Senegalese uh, defeat or whatever, and they'll they'll go through. Same thing with Colombia and Senegal. I mean, it's wide open. First place is wide open. Second place is wide open. I still can't believe Japan is still in the running and that Poland is out. That, to me, is surprising. But what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think Who do you think is going to come out of this group? Well, Colombia-Senegal is basically a knockout game. Whoever wins is in, and Japan has a, the best chance of any of those three teams to advance. So I think Japan will probably advance, even if they do lose. Because in the scenario where Poland win... And let's say Japan have four points. The only scenario which they would not be advancing is maybe if Senegal and Colombia tie. 
and Colombia ends up with a better goal difference than Japan. Those three goals Colombia scored against Poland are going to help them immensely on goal difference. So that's really the only scenario where Japan isn't going to be advancing. But if Japan win, they're through. If they tie, they're through. So I think Japan is the guarantee. And then whoever wins Colombia-Senegal will get the second spot and maybe even finish in first place and Japan finishes in second. And I think Colombia right now, I would pin them to win that game. I would also pin Colombia to win that game. However, I think... All right, so I, I, I would agree with you. I think Japan is probably going to make it, which is surprising. I know we were a little lukewarm on them when we did our preview, but they clearly have a lot of talent. They know how they want to play, and they know how to take a punch and come back. I mean, they were getting bullied by the Senegalese players today, but they still came back, and they, they kept scoring, and it was pretty fun to watch, and they're a pretty fun team. But I think what I want from this group is that I would love if Senegal and Colombia could tie and that Japan could lose, and Senegal and Colombia can just move on. Because I think Senegal and Colombia are the best teams in this group. I think Colombia is, it would be a shame if Colombia did not make it through, uh, because they are clearly talented, more than talented to scare any team in this tournament, including Germany and Brazil and all these other great teams. Um, Senegal is a really nice story. I think they play really interesting football. They they don't play like a typical African side. They, you know, they, they, there's a little bit of, they have that counterattacking ability that you it reminds you of some great teams like the Gun in 2010 or the Nigerians in the 90s or even Senegal in 2002 I mean I want them to do well and they have some great players and they've performed well but yeah I, I would I if I had to pick with my head and not my heart I definitely would say that Colombia wins they'll get six points Japan ties against Poland because I think they might get down there might be a letdown or Lewandowski might actually come back come deeper to get the ball in order to score against the Japanese and uh that might be the case. So I, I'm hoping for Colombia, Senegal, but I think it's going to be Colombia, Japan. Yeah, I think it'll be Colombia, Japan too. And if Colombia comes in first, then uh, they might be, they could be a semifinalist in a scenario where Germany is coming in uh, in second, or if Brazil is coming in first. So Group H team maybe semifinalist is possible. I mean, honestly. Anything is possible in this tournament because none of the favorites have played that convincingly. Belgium has probably been the best team through two games. Uh, spoiler alert for my new power rankings, they are the number one team. But again, Belgium haven't played a real team yet. They played Tunisia and Panama, and they've scored eight goals against them. And none of the other favorites have really been amazing. Germany has not played that well. France has definitely not been had convincing two wins. Portugal and Spain are both... Not the best. Argentina is no way going to win this tournament. They're pretty much out of it. Brazil hasn't been that good. So it's anyone's game. It's anyone's game. Even Croatia can go out and win this World Cup. So I'll, I'm going to put you out on a limb before we go here. Uh, right now, we're ba we're at the end of the group stage. Almost all the teams have been qual have, a, have qualified to the next round. Who do you think at this moment, uh, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? At this moment in time, if I had to pick one team to win the World Cup, I would probably pick... France, just because they're getting the job done. They're not doing it as flashy as we want them to be and what we expected them to be, but they're getting the job done and they have the the major tournament experience more than Croatia, more than Belgium. So right now, if I had to pick a team, I would pick France. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Mexico. No, I'm joking. No, no, no. I think uh, I think Brazil. I, I I believe in Brazil, even though they tied against Switzerland. The, I think the release of actually beating Costa Rica and that now they can kind of lift the pressure off of them is going to take them pretty far in this tournament. Even if they're in the tough side of the bracket, I still think they're the best team pound for pound in this tournament. Um, and I think they'll likely go to the final and win it no matter who they play. But that's it. Uh, that's our, pre, that's our uh, recap of the weekend's games. We're going to have another podcast on Thursday. Uh, oh, wait, are we doing it on Wednesday or Thursday? 
It's going to be on Thursday. Thursday. And we're going to be talking about the round of 16 matchups. And uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. I'm very excited for the rest of this tournament. Uh, I hope you guys keep listening to us. It's been fun doing these podcasts, and it's fun watching the tournament with all of you. So that's it for me. I'm Seven Bailey. That's Ori Benatar. This is the Top Flight Podcast. Thank you.